Business Bros is your show, where small business professionals just like you come to tell their stories. This podcast is for those who understand the number one rule in business, which is to be of service to others. Learn how today's professionals generate leads, what's working on social media, what's hot and what's not, straight from the mouths of those who are out there doing the real work. And now let's welcome your hosts, Hernan Cias, the real estate bro with eXp Realty, the cloud-based brokerage where top producers reign, and James Cias, the insurance bro with Pipeline Insurance, making sure you are covered because there's a lot riding out there. And now here are the business bros. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Business Bros. Yeah, we're on the phone. Well, we're on the Zoom call this time. Uh, we got a guest who's been an entrepreneur since he was eight years old. Uh, he's done a lot of uh, public speaking. He's doing some coaching. He's doing all kinds of stuff. And he's coming to us from South Carolina. So uh, we got a, a, a little bit of a three-hour time gap, but we're ready to do this thing. Welcome to the show, Tim. Thanks for having me, man. Thanks for having me. All right, my man. So Wait, hang on. That was Tim the Motivator. Oh, I forgot. Yeah, Tim <laughs> the Motivator. I was, I was asking about the Motivator thing next, too. There we go. <laughs> so, so tell me, Tim. I mean, where, where did – tell me – I mean, I gave a brief little synopsis of your, of your intro, but tell me a little bit about where this whole Motivator thing came from. Where did you, where'd you just decide that all of a sudden you were going to be doing this since eight years old all of a sudden? <laughs> gotcha. All right. Now, of course, all right, I started my first business at eight. Um, the only inspiration there was, hey, I can buy, make money, buy more candy, toys, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, I did it. My first employee was my older sister. I was eight. She was nine. Then I had a best friend named Tito. So I had two employees. We had a business. We made money on the Army base, uh, pretty much helping um, military families move out, clean their uh, trash cans, do yard work, just little tedious stuff. Like, I literally turned my chores into cash. Sorry. First business at eight, second one at 10, third one at 12, and then from age 19 to now 38, 12 businesses in seven different industries. Woo. So I've owned, uh, yeah, I owned uh, two commercial cleaning franchises, two independent janitorial companies, uh, two uh, tire shops. The first one I bought off Craigslist in 2014, uh, two restaurants in which I'm pretty sure I was the youngest restaurant owner at 21, second one at 25. I uh, had an event planning company, digital marketing company, lawn care service. So pretty much I'm a, the epitome of a serial entrepreneur because mm. I never was connected to any ind- individual business. I just love entrepreneurship in general. All right, so listen. as a motivator, I basically motivate people to uh, pursue entrepreneurship. To get off your butt and take some action, right? That's what yeah. it's about. Well, you know, I mean, let, let's hover on there because 22 businesses is, is a lot. Like, I mean, people have a hard time doing one business, much less going into a number of different industries. Um, so tell me a little bit about when you get into a business. Is this something that you're, you, you know, you decide I'm going to do a business. You know what? I'm going to mow lawns and you go out there and grab the lawnmower and mow all the lawns yourself. I mean, how is that even possible? All right. Now, good, good question. Now, all right. Just say serial entrepreneurs, like everyone can be an entrepreneur, certain people with, you know, attention to detail, work ethic, can master the skill of outsourcing, can be successful serial entrepreneurs. So just say the books that helped me out the most was uh, Think and Grow Rich and Rich Dad Poor Dad. In Rich Dad Poor Dad, Robert Kiyosaki breaks down the cash flow quadrant. 
basically explaining the difference between self-employed and a business owner, which is all right, self-employed is all right, I got a lawnmower, we eater, and I'm doing the work. You flip the word, it just says employ self, all right, yep. versus having a business or, or creating being a in a business ownership situation where you have employees, you subcontract, you hire, all right. So once I learned the difference between self-employed and business owner, I literally went from nine thousand a month to over forty thousand. And I was I stopped trying to do the work and then I focused on hiring and outsourcing. So that's really the key to doing multiple uh businesses is you gotta know how to hire people. Oh yeah, hundred percent. I, I love that you went to the Kiyosaki because he was one of my very first books I've ever read. I always tell people that I made it through high school, got a pretty um, close to a four GPA, never reading a book except for of mice and men because we read it out loud in class. But when I decided to personally, you know, uh, develop myself, Kiyosaki was one of the first books I picked up. The Rich Dad Poor Dad series, and the Cash Flow Quadrant was like eye opening. Life changing. Life changing. Yeah, I mean, you're literally looking at, at the world in two different quadrants, or four different quadrants, but really it's two different sides. You're looking at the, at the one side where you're just, you know, you're either working for somebody or you created your own job or you're on the other side, whether you're investing your money, making your money work for you, or you have people and resources working in your favor. So absolutely, you've mastered that side of it and you started to outsource uh, a lot of the stuff that you've been working on. You started to outsource uh, the jobs, the management of people. Uh, what, what types of struggles did you come across uh, in the management field? Because, I, dude, I know from personal experience, one of the most blessing part and the most difficult part in a business is bringing on other people. Managing Absolutely. adult personalities is tough. So wait, wait, what kind of stuff can you help share with me about managing people? Okay, I usually, one of my number one rules to hiring is I never hire somebody, I'm going to have a problem firing. So whether it's they're physically intimidating, uh, they're, you know, emotional, however, I don't hire anyone, I'm going to have a problem fire. So whether it's family members, friends, new people that you don't meet. So I usually kind of give them a pretty um, elaborate screening process. Of course, the natural stuff, make sure they have valid driver's license, uh, can pass a background check, uh, drug check. They got experience in the industry that you're hiring them. But ultimately, I don't hire anyone. I'm going to have a problem firing. That's good advice. I, I actually, you know, that's, that's good advice because I know I used to own a cleaning company. Um, and one of the first, uh, I built it because my in-laws needed some extra work and I needed offices clean. So I made a perfect match. I was like, I'm just going to start a company and do it, you know, do it myself. And, and hired it out. And I had that, that I want to say, I don't want to say it's a mistake because it was, it was good at the time, but we did end yeah. up hiring family. And that is tough when you get it in a situation is. where you're trying to critique what they're doing, where you're trying to tell them what to do in a certain way. It gets a little difficult. And then, of course, if you ever had to fire them, that would be really awkward. Man, I have some stories about that. <laughs> so, yeah, you're right. Like I had an <laughs> uncle. All right. This was uh, Memorial Weekend. So it was a four day weekend. He basically took Tuesday off. So I called him and was like, hey, don't worry about coming back. Like, if you can't respect me enough to call, like, it was a no-call, no-show after a okay. four-day weekend. So I had to fire him. And he he didn't talk to me for, like, two years. But I'm like, hey, if you don't respect me enough to at least send a text, hey, nephew, I ain't going to make it. I can't, you know, I can't deal with that. Yeah, it's a business, right? We're out there, not only, not, it's not only the income that you're generating, it's the respect for the client that you have. You didn't show up to a job 
that, you know, had clientele that they were expecting. They don't care whether the person's related to you or not. They expect the job to be done and it. it was your job to get it done and you did it. That's it. That is that absolutely it. I mean, you know, anywhere else, any other uh, type of employment, no call, no show would render a fire. So it's like, hey, I'm consistent with that. Like, no call, no show, I, I can't work with <laughs> All right. So 22 businesses. I want to know how you evaluate something. If somebody comes up to you, because once you've been in this space for a while, for example, I know almost on a regular basis, I get people coming up to me and saying, you know what? I want to flip houses. I want to start my own business. I want to invest. I get that kind of question all the time. Very vague, very, you know, no real structure to it. When somebody comes up to you and says, I got a business I think you should be a part of, how do you go about evaluating whether it's something you want to do or not? Great, great. Another great question. All right. So the majority of my businesses were profit based, meaning it had no passion attached to it. Sorry, the two uh, restaurants, I can't cook to this day. It was all <laughs> optimism. Like, hey, look, it's for rent. I can, you know, renovate it, make money. That's what I did. Same thing with uh, my four cleaning companies. I'm, I don't know too many people passionate about cleaning, more or less shipping and waxing 30,000 square feet. So it was just profit based. So I just recently got into my passion-based businesses, which is my coaching agency, and then I have a Global Youth Entrepreneurship Academy. So I usually uh, gauge them based on two things. Is it profit-based or is it passion-based? Then from there, just like any other you know, business person, you're going to look at, all right, what's going to be the amount of time and investment that I'm going to put into it versus the return on that investment? And then from there, you, know, you gauge whether, okay, this is something I can do or, or not really. Now, network marketing, I automatically um, turn all those offers down just because I believe in putting that energy into my own organic business versus something that I can't change the name or the logo for. Mm-hmm. I, I feel you on that one. Although I, I tell people when they're first getting started, I think network marketing is a great place to start to get your feet wet. There's a system. It's already, it's a business in a box. You really just develop your skills as a salesperson, develop your presentation skills. And then, you know, later you can move on. It's not the career that you want to do, but it's a good starting point, right? It's a good, yeah, I agree. I agree. I agree. Somebody's getting started. It, 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 I would say for people that have the work ethic and the passion, I would say, hey, look, put your energy into your own organic thing. But like just say, if you're just looking for a side business, extra income, oh, yeah, network marketing, franchise model, where they already have a system in place. And it, that's my one year in the back. I hope yeah. it's not. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah, for some people, it does work. Yeah, for some people, it does work. So, okay, so let's go back to uh, the difference between your, uh, your passion and your profit-driven businesses, right? So on your, on your profit-driven businesses, um, are you taking an investment approach when you come into them? Are you just buying, uh, you know, like stock option into these things and kind of restructuring what's going on in there, maybe implementing systems, or are you coming in and, and you know, owner-operating? Yeah, actually, what I do is, all right, just say at age 22, I acquired a lawn care service out of the paper. So I, we basically bought it, added, you know, changed the name, and then added new clients as we were doing the work. Um, now, at that point, I didn't really apply Robert Kiyosaki's cash flow quadrant, so I was more so self-employed. All right, then uh, 2008, I bought an existing restaurant cleaning business. All right, I thought it was turnkey because it had employees, had equipment. However, after I fired my boss, 
and basically, you know, pretty much quit my job, you know, after I did my notice and all that. That business wasn't as turnkey as I thought it was because the employees weren't showing up. So I actually <laughs> had to make a decision where, like, I got a call from one of the general managers. He was like, hey, look, they're not showing up. Either you make something happen or you lose the contract. Mind you, I had just left my job, company salary, car, bonus, all that. So what ended up happening was I had to make a decision, all right? Relax and lose the business or move down there and save it. So I moved from Columbia to Savannah. I lived in my car at the truck stop for 60 days because with restaurant cleaning, it was net 60 to end process. So I waited 60 days to collect my first check. And I was living at the uh, truck stop uh, at the Savannah, Georgia state line. Uh, pretty much eating off the dollar menu because I had spent thousands of dollars to buy the business and didn't expect to come down there. So ideally, yeah, you want a turnkey business when you're acquiring one, whether it's equipment, uh, the system, and the employees versus, you know, you have to come in, still got to hire new people, uh, you know, and just kind of do everything from scratch minus, you know, the, the uh, clients they already have and equipment. Uh, so just say by the time I got to buy my first tire shop, which I bought in 2014, they had a shop manager, they had uh, employees, they had equipment. That was more turnkey. So I just kind of went in, did a little more um, <clears throat> marketing, advertising, strategic planning, kept the ball rolling, kept it all the way to last year. And then I sold it to actually the guy that was just a $25 a day worker when I bought it. You know, I was able to promote him to shop manager and then now he owns it. So when you, when you, and that's, that's a, that's an awesome deal though. I mean, think about that. That guy, that guy probably was uh, instrumental in helping you develop the systems in that place was probably the guy who, who you put in charge of running said systems. So for him, it was a natural progression. He had a vested interest. He loved the fact that the system was running the way that you guys developed it together. And it was an opportunity for him to have, you know, something of his own and you to have an exit strategy. So I, I, that's a, that's a great that's a great uh, story there. Now, if you if you're going to transition, if we're going to transition from the profit to the passion, right? Before we do yeah. that, I'm starting to notice that um, when we talked about these two businesses, you you switched from from operations to becoming a marketer to becoming the the driving the sales factor. So when now I'm thinking, you know, as you're going to transition to the passion business and your experience in the businesses that you've purchased and created in the past you've noticed that your forte is probably going to be somewhere in generating that revenue or generating that lead processing. Am I right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So just say to go from self-employed to business owner, all right, first of all, you got to stop doing the work, but the, the work you would do would be sales, marketing, lead generation. Cause all right, just say the income or leads, that convert to sales, that's what's going to allow you to hire more people, buy more equipment, stay in business. So to say, that's why it's harder for people to go from self-employed to business owner because they get stuck in the business wearing all the hats and they don't have no time to sell. So when I make the uh, conversion, I focus my time on sales, generating leads, closing contracts, and that's what made the difference. And I was able to do that. Like I was running a 26 employee, um, cleaning company, had contracts in three states, 12 counties, had a two-man tire shop and a digital marketing company, only working about 15 hours a week from my condo. So I automated all three businesses and the work I was doing was lead generation, sales and marketing. So yeah, you're right. 
Dude. All right. So you take those skills that you've developed, you, you've become uh, efficient in sales and marketing, you've become efficient in, in uh, lead generation, that sort of stuff. And now you're going to dive into your passion. Like what kind of difference is that going from buying a business and developing a system to figuring out, look, this is what I really like to do. I really like to sit down and talk to people. I really, really like to help them get started. I really want to show them not to step in the same holes that I stepped in, not to make the same mistakes that I made, like, and, and turn that into a business. How did, how did that transition happen? Great question. Sorry. About three years ago, I had a spiritual evolution and it was more like me and God, the universe, however you refer to it talking and it was more like okay what do you want to be remembered as the rich service-based business owner or do you want to be remembered as somebody that changed the world so once i answered that question it definitely wasn't a tire shop guy definitely wasn't a rich cleaning guy so i was like okay now it's time to focus on what i'm really passionate about which is helping other people manifest their dreams plus uh teaching the youth entrepreneurship. So I created those two entities. I created a coaching and consulting agency and then my entrepreneurship academy, which allows me to change the world through entrepreneurship. So just like billionaire owner of uh, Dallas Mavericks, Mark Cuban, said business and entrepreneurship is the ultimate sport. So now I brand business and entrepreneurship as a sport to kids and to parents. That way they're more competitive in something that, ma- that matters like entrepreneurship and politics. That's the sports that we should be playing in this real life game of monopoly called life or reality. You know, because the object is uh, wealth generation, buy businesses, start businesses, buy land, buy homes, and stay out of jail. So it's a real life (laughs) game of monopoly. You know, it's just most people ain't playing it right. So in order to monetize it, I basically went through the learning curve of coaching and consulting. And I'm not sure if you, well, he's from the Bay Area. too short. All right. So rapper too short, his philosophy, and I'm going to tell you this, he says the game is to be sold, not told. That philosophy created my whole coaching and consulting agency. So it's like, okay, I used to just tell people how to start this business, how to start this business, how to make a business plan. Now they pay for that same information because I packaged it in eBooks, courses, coaching plans, and um, one-on-one sessions, group sessions. So I basically converted all my information to either digital products, physical products, or consultation calls, and that's how I monetize basically my passion. How are you getting your information out there? What's the best uh, advice you can give to anybody who's getting started in, you know, maybe it's public speaking, maybe they want to do an e-course, maybe they want, you know, they want to go into, you know, educating youth. How do you, what do you, what do you say to someone who's just getting started in that realm to get them, you know, moving in the right direction. Is it, I've heard a number of things, do it for free. I've heard, you know, you should package it and just charge for it. I heard uh, maybe you should uh, use click funnels. Like what, what, what do you recommend? What, what's been your path? Gotcha. I would definitely say Nike has the best slogan ever created. Just do it. Sorry, just do it. Then you apply the action. All right. Social media is the biggest platform period. Sorry. Between Facebook, LinkedIn, IG, uh, uh, Snapchat, sorry, every day is 2 billion people on, in, on, online. Sorry, it's 7 billion people in the world, every day 2 billion people online. So the fastest way to start would basically be start on social media. It's going to be cheaper, like more cost effective, and you're actually speaking to an audience. Now, the key would be 
knowing your target market and adding those people on your platforms. That way, when you speak, it resonates with the people that you hear it. Versus you, 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 you make a comment or a social media engagement, you don't get any likes or comments, you might be speaking to the wrong people. So just depending on what your niche is, you add those people as far as the age demographic, uh, gender dem demographic, income, race, whatever is going to classify you, classify them for your target market. You add as many of them as you can each day. That way, they'll be more receptive to what you got to say. So I would say definitely uh, social media. Now you got apps like Canva. You can create a free flyer, brochure, and then you basically engage daily. Now you don't sell, sell, sell. You basically add storylines. You find funny memes, uh, relevant videos, articles, and then you brand yourself unconsciously as an expert in that field. Then it's easier to monetize because people will be like, oh, yeah, that's the guy that talks about cutting grass. We see the pictures. He talks about it in his post. We see the articles. Now they're looking at you like the lawn care expert. And then you, from there, you just put a price on your service and you, you pitch it. Hmm. How much time are you spending online and what's your favorite uh, social media, uh, you know, platform that you're using today? Uh, I mean, as far as for your motivational speaking, your coaching and the youth group. Gotcha. Okay. Well, uh, LinkedIn has about 550 million um, members. Sorry, LinkedIn, that's what I use for like commercial cleaning prospects or to generate leads for that. Coaching, speaking engagements, LinkedIn is the monster because see, there are, there are already prime for business and careers. All right. Facebook is still more social media, media keyword, meaning fun games and entertainment. So I'll get some, you know, coaching clients off of there, some aspiring entrepreneurs. I'll convert them to business uh, coaching clients. But ultimately, it's knowing the difference between social media, media meaning fun games and entertainment, and social networking. Networking keyword meaning your network determines your net worth. So when you mix that, knowing that with uh, your target market, then that means, okay, the people on your page really can increase your network if you look at it as social networking versus social media. So I spend a lot of time on, uh, between link, LinkedIn, Facebook. Sorry, LinkedIn, I got about 18,000 friends. Uh, Facebook, two pages, maxed out one page with about 2,000, and then two IG pages. So what I usually do is whatever I post on one platform, I copy and paste and put it on the other platform. So I try to do a, about five to ten posts every day on all three platforms. Whew, that's a lot of yeah. work. I mean, that, that, but it pays off, though. It pays off. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. No, but it's I mean, a free way other than advertising. We'll say that. That's the yeah, yeah. I, I was gonna. That was gonna be my my next question. <laughs> of, on the platforms that you're using, are you using any paid ad type stuff? Um, I know LinkedIn is is like hot right now as far as the the um, the reach LinkedIn that you navigator. Yeah, with the reach that you get, I mean, just just natural reach that you get in LinkedIn is pretty hot. Um, it'll probably change as time goes on. But for but you know, as far as using strategic uh, ad placement, Instagram, YouTube, Google, um, you know that that's a that's a strategy that many people use. Are you using any of those uh, paid marketing tactics? Man, to be honest, I've only did one paid advertisement online, and that was like a fifty dollar Facebook ad that I did terrible at, so they don't even count. So I've been able to build multiple six-figure companies online or using social media, but I'm very aggressive. So I just say when I coach my clients on building their platforms and monetizing them and optimizing them, 
I tell them add 25 to 50 of your target market friends every single day. So eventually you basically create your own lead generation pool. And then as you're engaging them, then you get the inboxes. Hey, can I get a quote? Hey, how much you charge? And so you can do it organically. You just have to be intentional and aggressive. So tell me what you mean by engaging them. Like uh, everybody has a different meaning of what that's, that means. What does it mean to you when you coach a client and you tell them you need to engage your audience? What, how do you, what are you really telling them? Gotcha. Engage uh, to me is basically you communicating your message without sell, sell, sell. So just say, all right, for business coaching clients, I'll just, to, to attract them, I'll just tell my entrepreneur stories or I'll post testimonies of results I got because people love testimonies. I'll create memes on Canva, like funny memes. Like I'll take uh, funny uh, clips from different um, movies, uh, TV shows, and then I'll add what I really want to say. Uh, and then I'll kind of use that to kind of mix up, mix up the content. Every now and then I'll send, share videos. Like I might share uh, E40 or Masterpiece video where they're talking about entrepreneurship. And then I'll add my own perspective on top of that. So I like engage, meaning post something that speaks on what you want people to know you as. So if you want people to know you as a podcaster, all right, you're going to talk about podcasting. You're going to talk about the uh, interviews you got coming up. Like you're going to engage them based on what do you want ingrained in their mind? Mm-hmm. How much time are you spending uh, communicating via DMs or in, in, the, uh, in the feeds, like talking, commenting uh, on other people's posts? Man. No, that's a, another good question. Look, you, you must listen to uh, Gary Vee. Oh, of course. Oh, he's, okay, I, I yeah, like yeah, Gary nah. yeah, I like Gary Vee. All right, so what I do, all right, just say, all right, once you add your target market, so just say if you're adding 25 to 50 people in your target market daily, all right, then what you want to do is create an elevator pitch that you can copy and paste, like an intro elevator pitch. So mine goes something like, hey, my name is Tim, uh, Timothy Simpson. Thank you for connecting with me. I'm a serial entrepreneur, business coach. I've owned uh, 12 businesses in seven different industries, made over $3 million, blah, blah, blah. So I kind of give them, because remember, you got the no like, and trust factor. Mm-hmm. All right, so it's only a connection when you make the connection. So I add them, and then once I see they're added, I send my elevator pitch, basically telling them who I am so they can know, like, and trust me, right? And then depending on what type of prospect it is, I'll ask a, a straightforward question to generate a response. So just say, if it's a cleaning prospect, I'll say, uh, you know, I'll do, give my elevator pitch based on my cleaning background, and then I'll say, uh, are you currently happy or satisfied with the cleaning company that you use? If they say no, my response is, all right, when can I, can I do a free quote for you? You see what I'm saying? Yeah, so yeah. I copy and paste that, me- sorry, just say the day before, if I added all medical offices, I'll literally go back and co- send a copy and paste message to all, all 25 or 50 of them. Oh, I think I lost your audio. You still there? Yeah, I'm there. Oh, okay, cool, cool. No worries, no worries. Yeah, it's what happens when you go across the across the U.S. because <laughs> out there for a second. So yeah, so so you're sending you're sending the messages after after they've accepted the friend request, follow yeah. whatever it's going to be, but to yeah, to actually reach out and engage and communicate with them. So I got yeah. I got a, a pretty much one last question for you. Um, okay. You've done a lot over your career, right? And I'm assuming yeah. you have a vision of what 
the end game looks like for you. So, you yeah. know, what, what is, what does, how do you define success? What is it? What does success look like for you? Gotcha. I like that. Um, I'm going to use Andrew Carnegie's quote. Like he was at one point, the richest man in the world. All right. He said, I'm going to spend the first 50 years accumulating wealth. And then I'm going to spend the next 50 years giving it, giving it away. So I, I'm basically going to do the same thing. So I'm going to accumulate wealth and then I'll give it away in the form of trade schools, business incubators, think tanks, libraries, uh, community development. So basically I'll transform into a philanthropist full time. Beautiful. Beautiful. I mean, that, that at least gives life purpose, right? It gives it meaning. Something to do. All right. I got one more little segment that we do on the show. It's called ask the bros. Normally you have two bros. The other bros here, he, you, you didn't be able to see him. So feel free to ask us any questions you like. I mean, you've already shared a ton of what your story was. So I, I always open it up and see if you have any questions for us. All right. Yeah. All right. What have y'all ever interviewed any rappers like in that area, like Nipsey Hussle, E40, uh, the, the, the rappers that are entrepreneurs? I have not. So if you know any in my area, uh, I'd love to. I've interviewed uh, a kid that was because uh, I teach high school. I teach a course called okay. Financial Algebra. So I have some seniors that, you know, they end up graduating. And I've, I've interviewed like an aspiring rapper, but nobody, nobody of, of notoriety yet. I'm just not networked in that area. But I'd love to. I'd love to you know, sit down and talk to anybody about what's going on in that industry and, and you know, get an idea. Because it's, it's, it's the same game, yet it's different, yeah. right? Their mentality is a little bit different. And what they do in life, the way they express themselves through music is like powerful. I mean, it's huge. Absolutely. It adds a dimension to life that, I mean, can take you up and down in the same song. So like, I'd, I'd definitely love to hear if anybody, if you know of anybody in this area that, that I could interview, I'd love to do that. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Nipsey Hussle would have been a great one. Like I, So I was actually looking forward to coming to California to speak with them. Then, unfortunately, you know, yeah. he got assassinated or whatnot. But uh, he really got it. When it comes to entrepreneurship, like, he was he was on a new wave. Like, I met the smart store. He had the incubator. Uh, he was developing something in Las Vegas. Like, he, he would have been perfect. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, um, I mean, it, it was a big topic conversation when he passed. Um, and you could just tell that he's uh, – touched a lot of people through through either music or just because of the person that he was um and and you know i i i I used to have a tupac line on my on my uh profile and said i may not change the world i may not be the person who changed the world but i can inspire the person i know i'm gonna inspire the mind of the person who will and that's kind of i love that message i like that that thought that you know I'm, i'm trying to spread people's stories because you never know if the message that came on today or that came on last time or the, you know, in the future is going to just spark the mind of the person who's really going to make a difference in this world. Absolutely. That's actually one of my favorite uh, quotes from Tupac. And it, it just shows the level of consciousness he had. It was like he was, he was a humanitarian. Like he understood his power and his reach. And, you know, for the most part, he was pretty responsible with it. Like, he put a lot of it encoded in his, in his songs, you know. Mm-hmm. For yeah. sure, for sure. All right, Tim, I want to thank you very much for coming on the show. I know you had the, the kids in the background there, but you did, <laughs> you did well getting through it, brother. You did well getting through it. 
Look, you're right. Look, no excuses. Like I didn't, you know, had the kids, college, and and uh, the job, and still, you know, embrace entrepreneurship. So that's a, a standing message. So that would be my closing message. No excuses. Like whatever your situation, circumstances is, is somebody going through that or worse, and they're still getting it done. Oh, 100%. We all have abilities, right? I love watching Marvel and stuff like that because everybody has, you know, X-Men, they all have abilities. We all have abilities too. We could be a liability. We can be accountability. We have the accountability for ourselves. We have the capability. We have the responsibility. We have our own abilities. So we're going to make it happen one way or another, or we're not going to make it happen. It's completely up to us. That's it. 100% choice in our corner. So, hey man, uh, real quick, real quick. How do people get a hold of you if they want to if they want to talk to you get you know do business with you or or get a hold of your courses? Okay, uh, for speaking, uh, booking and speaking is uh, timthemotivator.com. Um, my email timthemotivator at gmail.com. My coaching site is businesscoachtim.com. Uh, most of my Facebooks you can find me Timothy Simpson or Tim the Motivator. I do normally give out my numbers, so to reach me directly is eight zero three. 261-5948. Once again, that's 803-261-5948. Awesome. Thanks a lot again for coming on the show. I know it's a different time over there on the East Coast, so I really, really appreciate you hopping on. All right. Thanks for having me, man. Hey, y'all take it easy too, man. All right. Have a good one. All right. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the Business Bros Podcast. Are you interested in being on the show? Are you looking to sell your home or have a business that needs insurance? Reach out to the Business Bros via email, businessbros at csfirst.com right now, or click on the link in the show notes. Thank you for listening. And remember to subscribe and share the podcast with the business professionals who you think would benefit from the show. 